Are you ready? A shot of wrestling, episode 104. And away we go. Step up to the break, we got MJP and Green Man and Supreme and Champion and Chip Team. From my land to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up to date news on the wrestling scene. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, are you ready to rock? So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. I will take a shot, folks. Happy second anniversary to us. That's right. It's the second birthday of A Shot of Wrestling. Who would have thunk? Huh? 104 episodes in. So thank you to all of you who have been listening, uh, been a part of the conversation, whether you're calling, emailing, commenting, you know, or sitting down for an interview as a Green Man's guests. Thank you for all your support. We could not have done this without you. This is our second anniversary show. Two years in the making. I remember Green Man and I sitting in my kitchen discussing names of a podcast, and somehow we ended up with... A Shot of Wrestling, totally out of the ass, totally out of thin air. Don't want to tell you other shitty names I thought of. Shot of Wrestling was the best. And uh, here we are, but guest hosts. And who better to celebrate our second anniversary with than the man who I will be celebrating his second anniversary with, the voice of BCW himself, Pete Rosado. Welcome back to A Shot of Wrestling, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. Mike, it's great to be back. I mean, it's sad that Green Man isn't here, but you of know course. what? I mean, when you can't go green... You get something better, right? Much better, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, I cannot wear the green paint as well as he can. Appreciate that. It gets everywhere. You know, I cannot wear it as well as he can. Uh, he has a very special talent for doing that. But it's great to be back. I remember when uh, we did the interview with Green Man, yep. and I was like, you know what? I cannot wait to come back. And who knew it would be in this capacity? Yeah, surprise, as right? your co-host here tonight, I am happy an to let you run this ship, and I am here for the ride, and... Uh, by the way, whatever we had before we started, we're going to need a whole lot more of that because that was great. That was Jack Daniels' fire. And we got a lot more. So uh, anytime you want more, let's let me know. We'll take a break. <laughs> we're going to need a whole lot more. But you know what? We're watching some, some, great, some great stuff here in the, in the Shadow Wrestling Studios right now. You know, we're watching Omega Studios. Some, some great NXT action from back in the day. Yeah, it's a guest host pick, and he picked NXT. And why? Well, this is uh, NXT 2013, obviously the opening match here. AJ Lee at that time, the Divas champion, uh, opening the show against Bailey. You find Byron Saxton's the ring announcer here. <laughs> Renee Young was the backstage correspondent uh, for NXT. Obviously, uh, Bailey when she was beloved by everyone. Uh, but one of my favorite matches, one of my top ten matches in NXT all time. All time, folks. On this show. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, two out of three falls match. Uh, this was right before their big match at NXT Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, great match from the psychology of it to the actual wrestling of it. It was it was incredible. Sami Zayn did some great things in NXT. Then what happened? You know, well, listen, he's on he's on what I consider to be one of the greater shows on on the uh, on the weekdays. No argument you here. Know, SmackDown saves lives. Uh, but you know, I think he's doing some great things. But what he did in NXT and the way that you know his character grew in NXT was was great. But you know what? It's also great here. I totally forgot that AJ Lee was still in the WWE at this time. That's right. And doing some great. It's great to see AJ Lee uh, competing in a WWE ring. You know, one of one the, of Green Man's all time faves, AJ Lee. I love her as a female performer. I think, you know, especially in that generation 
of performers with the whole divas champion thing mm-hmm. that really stood out. I mean, in every era of wrestling, you have your female performers that really stood the test of time. Obviously, you have your 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 Mickey and your Trishes. You have your Lita's. You know, you have Ivory, who's going into the WWE yep. Hall of Fame. I think AJ Lee for her time period really stood out as a preeminent female performer for her generation. Kind of underrated though. I, I you think, think of the top I, female I think, talent, she's not I know, anyone's top. You know, I, I think when if you look at the totality of her career, mm-hmm. um, good word. I think, yeah, thank you, right? Uh, you know, I think if you look at the totality of her career, I think it really stacks up. Obviously, you know, when we look at Lita, we saw Lita's career from beginning to end in the WWE. Yeah, full circle, right? yeah. We saw Trish's career beginning to end in the WWE. A lot of people would argue almost the same argument that you just gave for AJ Lee for someone like Mickey James. Mickey, when she came to the WWE, was really kind of this unknown commodity to WWE fans, mm-hmm. and then kind of built this great rivalry with Trish Stratus, and did a lot of great things in the WWE. But a lot of people didn't really follow her before coming to the WWE, yeah. when she wrestled as Alexis Lurie on both the independent scene and in uh, what was then TNA NWA, uh, way back in the day. So, you know, I think a lot of these, AJ Lee's one of those who had a great career on the independents, a great career doing a whole lot of things. Um, some time spent in TNA and then came to the WWE. And I think in the time that she was there, was really able to do some great things. But I also think she was hampered by the roster at the time. Okay. That makes sense. You know, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, who did she really have some great, some of the greatest things we know about AJ Lee were her storylines with some of the males. It's true. You know, great in-ring performer when she was really given the opportunity to really go out there and wrestle with some great talent. They made some great matches. What's your stand-up feud? I'm trying to think. AJ I, Lee versus... I really can't remember, to be honest no. with you. And I think that's that's the biggest problem. I think there wasn't really... you know, Imagine what we would have had if we would have had AJ Lee versus Sasha Banks. AJ Lee... Mm. We obviously were watching AJ Lee versus Bailey right here. But so AJ got... Lee versus Bailey. AJ Lee versus Sasha. AJ versus Becky in Charlotte. And all yeah. of these women that are in the WWE right now... Obviously, we know why AJ Lee left the WWE, the long story there, but imagine her being able to go up against the women's revolution of talent that we have now. And we saw a little bit of that with AJ in the very beginning, you know, um, with the AJ and Paige. That's right. Kind of, you know, altercations. But that was a good feud. Imagine if AJ had these ladies to go up against or even if aj was a generation prior imagine mm. the match between aj and lita imagine True. the matches between aj and trish and aj and mickey you know and all those other women of that generation aj and mickey would be nice oh that two crazy chicks going yeah. at it right <laughs> so yeah that's what we're watching nxt so if you want to watch along make sure you do that but uh let's go into our interview this week fresh off his performance center tryout a lot of shows wanted him his first stop was here at a shot of wrestling with the green man so please Listen up to Jackson Stone. Take it away, Green Men. All right, Michael J. Putty, you know I have always wanted to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, a shot of wrestling proudly brings to you the star of the show, Jackson Stone. How's it going, my man? Oh, man, it's going awesome. Never had it this good. We have never had it this good because 
I, I'm a little starstruck right now. I think you're one of the biggest stars in the market right now, and it is a pleasure to have you on our show. I mean, you're not lying about that, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, too. Thank you. Uh, so let's get right into it. Professional wrestling is not easy. How did you get started? How did you, how did you get bit by the bug? I got bit by the, the pro wrestling bug pretty late in my life, but uh, I started, the first time I watched wrestling was in 2006, the summer right before I went into high school. The first episode of Monday Night Raw that I ever watched was the segment where uh, Edge went to John Cena's dad's house mm-hmm. and he slapped him in the face. So I thought that was just the coolest thing of all time. Watched the end of the episode, followed it religiously until their uh, their blow-off match at SummerSlam 2006. And from that moment on, I've, I've pretty much been obsessed. So you can thank John Cena and Edge for getting Jackson Stone into the wrestling business. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think anybody would be complaining if those are the names that got you into wrestling. That is awesome. The yeah, tra- yeah. The training. So you decided, like, this is for you. What What was next? At that point, I, I, uh, I was playing baseball a lot and uh, got really good at baseball played division one baseball played a little bit professionally and then when that ended for me i knew that it was time to start wrestling uh in the back of my head i was like oh i don't really want to play baseball but i'm gonna ride it out because i'm really good until someone tells me i should stop playing um so that happened uh and then i moved back home to, to dallas uh and then i started training in january of 2015 and now we're here like about three years later wow that's amazing have you always been an athlete your whole life yeah yeah sports have always been a big deal i've I've, I've played them all baseball you know soccer football basketball but uh yeah baseball was always what i was always what i was really good at so i followed that path do you come from a big family uh on my on my dad's side yeah there's a lot uh my mom's not so much but my uh my grandpa on my mom's side also played pro baseball so that's where i kind of got the bug from and and my mom was a huge baseball fan so that's where uh that's where i've got my athleticism from yeah. dad's side of the family not not really athletic so but they're a bunch of smart people so maybe i got some of that that's great being really successful in the baseball world and then uh deciding you're gonna be successful in the pro wrestling world how did your family react to that um my my parents knew uh that i was gonna get into wrestling from when I started watching it because they bought me all the DVDs and the t-shirts and they took me to all the events. So like they knew that it was eventually going to lead to something. Um, I think they were just happy that I got a college degree and and have that to fall back on. I don't need a a backup plan, but they're happy that that's there. But they knew that eventually I had to follow this dream no matter what happened with baseball or with school. Do you have any advice for anybody who's wants to step into your shoes and pursue a career in professional wrestling? Um, Find a good school, be persistent, don't give up. It's a really hard business, but if you love it and if you're passionate about it, um, a lot of your dreams can come true. Now, we have a big saying on the show. At this point, it's pretty much our motto, our way of life. Uh, It's that wrestling brings people together. Who in the business have you um, shared a locker room with or has become a mentor or a friend to you at this point? Um, well, the, the main guy that helped me out a ton when I was first starting in Texas was a wrestler by the name of Dirty Andy Dalton, who is not really that well known in the East Coast, but he's a huge, huge draw in the Texas area in the Midwest. And he was, he was a huge help for me. He took me to a lot of shows, showed me the ropes a lot. But, um, the, the coolest thing I think so far was when I had a match with Buff Bagwell in Germany and, uh, he was, I guess, super thrilled um, about the match that he uh, he sort of blessed me or gave me his blessing as to I should be the next person to wear the top hat to the ring. 
Oh, wow. um, <laughs> That's and cool. We, and we talk every now and then, but yeah, he was, uh, he was really cool and down to earth and had a lot of good advice. So yeah, Buff Bagwell was super great. So that was cool. So we're talking about Buff the Stuff right now. Big WCW guy. Uh, we're on the show, Big WWF, WWE guys. Where did you draw the line back in the Monday Night Wars? Man, I, I didn't even know wrestling existed when the Monday Night Wars were going on. So now that uh, the network is out, I've just went back and I've watched everything. Uh, still probably, you know, knowing both sides of the story now and how it ended, I'm still a WWF, WWE guy all the way through, I think. But uh, WCW had some good stuff to offer, but still WWF guy for sure. You said it's been three years. What would you say your biggest accomplishment has been so far pursuing this career? I think... Uh, uh, multiple tours to Europe, uh, making the move out to the East Coast and, and getting the Performance Center tryout have been some pretty some pretty cool things so far, definitely. Now, the Performance Center tryout, that is something that just recently happened, right? Yeah, yeah. I just got, I just got back uh, on Saturday. Wow. So fill us in. Like, like, how does this whole thing work? You're doing the best to put your brand out there. And what, do you get a call, an email? Uh, how does it work? Well, I've been, uh, I mean, I've been trying to get in contact with them since I started wrestling because being in the WWE has always been the ultimate goal. But then I moved out here for, for more exposure and stuff like that and started training at the Monster Factory That's awesome. um, to get to get a little more connections. And then got introduced, became friends with Danny Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through his good word and a lot of my hard work, they, they asked for more information on me. Uh, I filled out a packet or two. A couple months later, they send me the invitation to the tryout. And then uh, that's kind of how it worked. And I, I've, I've done a few um, Evolve tryouts mm-hmm. um, where, where Regal was there and stuff like that. And, and he's asked for more information on me. So I think all those parts kind of led to me getting the opportunity at the PC. Getting into a WWE building, there's probably a lot of people that you're very familiar with. Is there anybody at the Performance Center that made an impression on you, whether good or bad, just an impression? Uh, Riddick Moss, one of the NXT talents, was there throughout the whole tryout, and he's someone that I, uh, that I feel like I look up to or can be in his position relatively soon like we have kind of a similar background like he played he played football uh at university of minnesota tried to play for the dolphins never worked out and now he's uh heavily featured on nxt tv and he was super helpful in the trial kind of gave a lot of encouraging advice so i have a lot more respect for him now as an athlete and a performer yeah and and you're a big wwe guy now Uh if you were to fit yourself in like if you were able to just snap your fingers be in the wwe tomorrow where do you see jackson stone fitting into a current storyline Put me in the Miztourage, and I'm right there. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man, we're big Miz fans on the shows. That would be awesome, man. Yeah, Miz is my favorite wrestler. So, you know, if he needs someone to hold his championship, I'm right there. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, the women's movement. There's a lot of buzz going around. We just got out of the Royal Rumble where it was the first women's Royal Rumble. Who are your favorite women wrestlers of all time? The top three. Um, I think Trish Stratus is number one. She's, she's the best. Yeah. Now, do I'm you think huge... she was the best from the beginning? Because I, I struggle with that sometimes because she was not necessarily a wrestler. She was a lot of the valet doing a lot of skits in the back. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she just did a good job of whatever she was asked. Mm-hmm. And then over time, like transformed into an incredible performer as well as someone who could be a manager of valet. And I think that's invaluable being able to grow 
and adapt as time goes on to make sure that you're, you still have a spot. Right. And then uh, nowadays, I think uh, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss are my two faves. So I think that that rounds out my top three right there. Well, they got to be some of the best if they're, you know, current women champions for their respective brands. Yeah. So don't know if you've listened to the show before. So the next question may be a little obvious, but do marry kill with these top three beautiful women. All right. Hmm. Okay. I guess I got to kill Trish. Oh, freaking my heart. I know. So, oh. so sad. Oh my gosh. At Royal Rumble, dude, she looks so good. I know she did. Oh I know. God. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> this is a tough question here, man. You put me in a hard the, spot. The toughest question on, on this episode right now. Oh, Jesus. I guess I would, uh, I would I would do Charlotte and I'll I'll uh, I'll marry Alexa Bliss. Great choice. That would be my choice. I love. Yo, I, gotta, she, I gotta be honest. I love. The, I love her story. You know, I totally love her story. Yeah. I love the way she is able to not just connect with fans in the ring, but with the whole Total Diva show, you see a different side of her, and it just makes me love her even more. Yeah, she's top notch. 100%. So you've been traveling around the world. You've been in Europe. You've gone to the West Coast. You've been on the East Coast now. What is the difference between professional wrestling and all the areas that you've traveled in? I think the main difference between like wrestling in the United States and wrestling in Europe, I don't think the actual wrestling itself is very different, but I think the fans definitely make a difference because from my experience wrestling in Europe, um, everyone who comes to the show is, is super appreciative of what they're watching. They're very excited to be there. Um, they want to be there. They're not looking to like shit on anything that happens or they're not looking to get themselves over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of fans here, I think they know so much about the business and that they're they're trying to be more than fans, uh, but really when they should just enjoy the product and what they're watching. So I think in Europe, it's just a little more fun. People are, are, are more, they're enjoying what they're watching more than I think they are in the States. Not to say that every fan in the States is like that, but that's just what I know from my experience. No, absolutely. We've definitely discussed it on the show on the just the knowledge that's available for the fans. And sometimes we... We kind of get spoiled, you know, we get jaded and we don't watch wrestling the same way anymore. So totally yeah, understand. Definitely. Go ahead. Like, um, like any live pay-per-view that's on for WWE, I watch it the first time live as someone who's enjoyed wrestling for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. And it's great. And I love it. And then maybe the next day or two, I go back and watch it as a wrestler, as a performer to try to see what the people at the top level are doing that I can improve my game. But the first time I watch it, I just want to enjoy the show like everybody else because at the heart, I'm just a fan and I love the business or love, you know, sports entertainment, however you want to put it. And I think uh, maybe fans can employ that same kind of thought. Totally agree. And even in the independent scene, the same way, the level of respect is, is completely different um, in, in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Passion's outside the ring. I'm sure you're busy working out. You're busy trying to build this career, this empire for yourself. Um, what else do you like to do on your spare time? Uh, I, I'm still a big fan of baseball. I do a lot of fantasy sports with my with my college buddies. Uh, working out is a huge part of my life. Like I, I studied health education and nutrition in school, and and I was a personal trainer mm-hmm. um, for a bit before I became a full time wrestler. So working out and, and things like that, I, I'm always looking for new things to do and new things to try. So that's a really big passion of mine. And uh, I'm a huge movie guy. I love going to the movies, uh, all superhero types of movies, comedies, uh, things like that. You know. So it's, it's kind of my passions outside the ring. Are you excited for the new uh, season of Jessica Jones to return? Are you a big Marvel fan? 100%. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen everything on the Netflix. Yeah, Jessica Jones is one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. That first season got me hooked. Yeah, she's great. She's so entertaining. Now, getting back into the wrestling world, 
Any dream opponents for yourself in the upcoming year? Uh one of my biggest influences growing up was uh, was John Morrison, and I just actually got to wrestle him like two weeks ago. Oh wow! So that was that's awesome. That was super incredible. So I got to check that off the list before he got signed. Adam Cole was a dream opponent, so uh-huh. I still would, I still think I can wrestle him sooner rather than later. And uh, since John Cena was the first guy I ever got to wrestle, he's always a dream op- or uh, ever see wrestle. He's definitely a dream opponent. But uh, you know, any of the uh, the bigger names in the Indies, I definitely want to step in the ring with and test my skills. But you know, more of my dream opponents are guys in in WWE or things like that. No, I could totally respect that. You seem to me as someone who is not just chasing a dream, but really setting your goals in place and and setting your steps in this journey. You know, you're not you're not just dreaming. I'm going to be a professional wrestler it's like you're putting your steps in place on how you're going to become a professional wrestler so i could totally see that all those dreams opponents are going to be a possibility for you which is great is there appreciate that is there anything that uh someone who may not know who jackson stone is that you want them to know about you Hmm, that's a that's an interesting question. Well, if they don't know who I am, they should definitely follow me on social media because I post quite a bit of content that can explain exactly who I am and what I'm all about. Go ahead, but, give uh, me those social you know, media plugs. Where could we follow you? Uh, Instagram is just uh, Jackson Stone. Uh, Facebook also the same. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, just go to at Jackson Stone underscore LCJ. Uh, I also have a website. You can go to lightscamerajackson.com. Um, and then if you put my name in YouTube, uh, my page will come up, and I have a bunch of cool content on there as well. So, yeah, tons of places. But, yeah, I'm a, I carry myself very highly. I'm a professional. I value myself as a star. I have been for a while since my days of playing baseball, and I've carried that into pro wrestling and pretty much taken it over in the past couple of years, and I feel like I'm only headed up. So, you know, I got a, got a uh, jet pack strapped to my back and uh, headed straight to the top. So. And what a perfect place for that next YouTube video to come from or that next step, then BCW, because we've seen a lot of the greats. We've seen the Janellas, the MJFs. We had Billy Gunn with us last year anniversary. And this year it's the year of Jackson Stone at BCW 100%. anniversary. You're up against yep. Darius Carter, my man. Is there any beef that you did you call for this match or is this just BCW management trying to put another hurdle in front of? Darius Carter. I think this is uh this is just BCW giving uh giving the fans probably the probably the match of the night here. So I've heard a lot about Darius Carter. I understand that he's very talented in the ring. He has a little bit of a reputation around him, but I'm not concerned about that. Uh, I just know he's he's a, he's a, he's very good in that ring, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove myself against him. And I actually just uh I made a video this morning commenting on the match, so uh, that'll be posted here soon, so everyone can know uh my thoughts on Darius Carter and the and the big BCW debut. I love it. Looking forward to it. March 9th, BCW anniversary. Jax, man, thank you so much for being part of this episode. Do you mind just sticking around for a last call? Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. If you want more shots of wrestling with the once-in-a-lifetime talent, Jackson Stone, then stay tuned to the very end of the episode for Last Call. It's In the News with Michael J. Putty. Wow, great job at Green Man. It was very informative interview by Jackson Stone. Looking forward to seeing him at your BCW event. That's right. He's facing off against Darius Carter. That's right. You know, and, and that's the thing. You know, look at that. You know, you got a kid in Jackson Stone. He's traveled the world. Okay, had some matches all over the world. Had a performance center tryout. Spent yeah. three days out in the performance center. Rave reviews. Still as humble as can be. Darius Carter. Listen, no one at BCW will deny that he is 
an immense talent in the ring. Yeah. Immense in everything that he does. Great wrestler, great psychologist, great talker, everything. But, you know, from what I've been hearing from Mr. Anthony Cole and other people in, in BCW management is that they're just really, really tired of the way that he's kind of always talking down to people and kind of trying to bully his way to things. And, you know, we're hoping that maybe Jackson Stone teaches them a little bit of humility. You know, maybe that rubs off on a Darius Carter. I know that's a lot to ask for. A lot but, to ask. Hey, it happens. But it's going to be a great match. One thing about the great about BCW events, the X Lodge, you can hang out with them at the bar. Yep. Guys come out in the bar. The ladies come out to the bar, hang out, maybe buy him a drink, take some pictures. Very friendly, very cordial. You know, I see this guy, Darius Carter. This guy's awesome. Go to shake his hand. Dick. Yeah. I mean, listen. Dick. <laughs> Mr. Darius Carter. And I don't want him to get mad at me for not calling him Mr. So Mr. Darius Carter. Mm-hmm. Again, great person. Okay. You know, not exactly the most social person. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the most cordial person. But, you know, he gets paid to perform in the ring. Yep. And no one can deny he is great in the ring. Do his social skills need a little work? Yeah. Does his cordiality need a little work? Yeah. Can he be better with the fans? Of course. Isn't that making a great superstar the total package, though? Not just in the ring. You got to be. I would ask Lex Luger about the total package. hey <laughs> But, uh, no. <laughs> um, no, I think there. there's, listen, everyone knows that, you know, you have your good guys, you have your bad guys, you know. And Darius Carter is just the bad, the bad guy's bad guy, mm. right? I don't know how people like him, right? Uh, the same way, you know, but the same way I didn't understand why people liked Ric Flair very early on in his career, right? But they liked him, right? Yeah. Even though he was he was a douche to people and he talked down to people, but people liked him. And I and I think you know it all goes down again to his in ring ability. And I think if he was as good with people as he was in the ring, Darius Carter would have a lot more people. On his side, including PCW management. Hmm, all said. Let's get into some news. News! Well, due to, uh, due to poor ticket sales and repetitive matches, WWE is rumored to be uh, returning to a dual brand pay-per-view format starting with Backlash in May. Your thoughts? Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it because a lot of people won't get airtime now. Right, and that's my biggest problem. Right. Uh, I've, I've always said, and this goes beyond the WWE, while I've been completely happy with the way that the wrestling scene has exploded where you got a whole bunch of talents and you know who are now getting deals and contracts and getting signed to different companies, yeah. right? Um, you know, I got a company like the WWE who is just like, at some point you're like, how many wrestlers can you employ mm-hmm. and really yep. truly give airtime to? Right. That's a good point. Um, and so we have a lot of guys on the main roster and a lot of girls on the main roster. And there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, are you involved in a storyline? Are you involved in a match? Are you being used tonight? And if you go back to the dual brand pay-per-views, you now have X amount of people on Raw, X amount of people yep. on SmackDown, but you only have X amount of matches on a show. Exactly. Right? And so who's really going to get the airtime? And it becomes a lot more of a competitive environment. And we all know Vince loves competition. Exactly. And maybe this is what he wants. But I like the idea of the single brand pay-per-views because it gives guys and girls on SmackDown a, t- a chance to shine without being overshadowed. And the same thing on Raw. I was a big fan of the brand split when it happened. And more people, more time. More people get title opportunities. Right. More people get recognized. Because then what happens with the, with the double titles? What happens with, if exactly. you go back to doing a dual-branded pay-per-view, do you really need two, two sets of tag team titles? Do you really need two heavyweight championships? Well, you know, the shows are going to still be separate. But like, okay. It makes it just, I don't. Uh. I, I always felt like their championship of travel, right? Mm-hmm. Have one champion, one heavyweight champion. Champion travels to both shows. Remember, that's how it was originally. Right. And that makes sense. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. And then you have everybody else is fighting for a chance to get that top spot, to get that freedom of being able to travel between both shows. Um, it's hard to do that when your champion's never there. 
<laughs> that's a whole other story, yeah, right? Different show, different show. But here, here's, here's another big thing that I have to bring up, right? The big issue with the brand split has always been, what is Vince's baby in terms of shows? Raw. And we've always said, and many people have always said, SmackDown is usually the better wrestling show. Yes. SmackDown is usually the one that has fans more engaged. Raw's longer. Raw's in terms of time. Raw's been on the air longer. But even before it was time, back when Raw was two hours, SmackDown was two hours. Right. SmackDown was pre-taped, but it was just, that was the better wrestling show to be on. Right. And whether it's because there, maybe it's the different writing staffs, or maybe it's the wrestlers, or maybe it's a different producer. Or who knows? care about it as much. Right. SmackDown can never outshine Raw, right? And we saw that during the second draft this year. Yeah. Right? The first draft... People got separated. It was great. Oh, superstar shakeup, you mean? Right. Yeah. The draft, yeah. superstar shake, whatever you want to call it, right? And then they did the superstar shakeup. And what did you see? The the talent that was on SmackDown that had really blown up. That originally probably the WWE didn't really have a lot of stock in. And said we're going to send them to SmackDown because we want to see how they do. Yep. Now they're blowing up. Can't leave them on SmackDown now. No, no, no. Can't let them outshine Raw. Yeah. Let's bring them to Raw. And let's send SmackDown the leftovers. But SmackDown, being as good as they've always been, for whatever reason, is able to take those leftovers. Make it work. And make it work and make it shine. And you know what? There's a lot of rumors. I don't know if you heard this in the news. Those new, the, the SummerSlam holographic tickets mm-hmm. have already started going out for people who pre-ordered. Oh, wow. Okay. And there's two sides. One side is blue. One side is red. Oh, didn't know about that. And there's, here's your first. there's superstars on the red side, which you would assume is Raw, yeah. that are currently on SmackDown. Ooh. And there are superstars on the blue side which you would assume is SmackDown, that are currently on Raw. For example, the Usos are on the red side on the tickets. No, no. Right? No. Shinsuke Nakamura is on the red side on the tickets. Uh. Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe on the blue side, right? Uh. But again, Usos, we're blowing up on SmackDown right yeah, now. Greatest thing on right? Superstars of the Year, the greatest thing going Shinsuke right. Nakamura, you know, doing really, really great in the smaller pond that is SmackDown. But what's going to happen when they go to Raw? Nothing. You're going to feed Nakamura to Braun Strowman? Yes. You're going to feed him to the to the John Cena's and the Roman Reigns yeah. and all these other guys? I'd, I'd much rather see Nakamura and Styles. I'd much rather see Nakamura and everyone else on SmackDown than I would on Raw. But again, Vince's baby is Raw. Oh, look at this, man. We were watching uh, NXT. This, this is Alexander Rusev yeah. before they made him drop the first name. Because it was too much. Yeah. Look at Rusev. So Baron Corbin is a minute ago with uh, short hair. Oh yeah, you know what I am. And, and speaking of Rusev, it's a great, I am, great episode you picked, by the way. I am really glad to not only be co-hosting this show. That's right, but co-hosting on of all days. That's right, Rusev Day. I thought it was yesterday. No, today, today is Rusev, Rusev Day. Day. Anyways, move on uh, on the screen now. Alexander Rusev, Dolph Ziggler. I love it. I love it. According to Sports Illustrated, Dolph Ziggler just signed a new contract with WWE, rumored to be two years, $1.5 with a lot of added extra perks as well. Good for him. I think he deserves it. Ziggler's been there for a long time. I remember when he was with the Spirit Squad. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, it's it, he deserves it. I also think Dolph Ziggler's one of the, and Dolph Ziggler, to me, has always been, was the focus of one of the most saddening news stories I ever heard out coming out of the WWE. Which was, you know, you remember when he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase mm-hmm. on on former WWE star Alberto Del Rio at the WrestleMania, right? you know. Um, and I don't when know if you remember of Raw. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you remember the huge pop. Oh, how can you forget? Yeah, you know, Definitely. and then the way that he won the title. But apparently, there was this story that came out a while back that there was never any intention to push Dolph Ziggler as a champion. He was just going to win the belt to win the belt. 
the title to win the title, but there was really no intention to push him as a top guy and a top champion. And I really feel like Ziggler, when you talk about grabbing the brass ring, mm-hmm. I think Ziggler has done it time and time and time again. Yep. You think back to all of, uh, you know, Mr. Phil Brooks, Mr. CM Punk's promos about it doesn't matter how many times you actually go out there and try to grab the brass ring. Ziggler deserves this contract, but I really would like to see Ziggler actually not only get the contract, but get a run with it. Like, do something Please. with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he's do not, something meaningful with Dolph Ziggler. Not doing nothing with him. It goes back to the brand. Why well, I like the brand split because the Miz would never be champion, and Dolph Ziggler would never have been champion. That's a man who, once again, I will say this: if there are two men in the WWE who I feel, I mean, and there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. Who I feel deserve another legitimate run with the World Heavyweight Championship on yeah. either brand. It's the Miz and it's Dolph Ziggler. Oh, hands down. Two men who I think. You know, Miz doesn't get enough credit for his run as as, as WWE champion. No, they don't. You know, Miz, you know, you want to really talk about a guy who came from nothing. Yep. And became something. Some punk in a real world. You know, and fake belt. you don't have to like the Miz's character or anything about it. The man does his job and he does well. it well. Same thing with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler goes out there and he's money every single time. And I honestly believe, I don't, I look at Dolph Ziggler, you know who I see right now? No. Not so much in terms of talent. But just in terms of the way that they've kind of... I see Christian all over again. Yeah, great job, yeah. I see Christian all over again. Christian Christian's too. another guy who, and we hate to say this, the reality is if Edge hadn't gotten hurt and Edge hadn't had to retire, Christian might have never gotten that world title run might when have, Christian probably deserved it. He never would have. You know, Christian deserved a world title run. Yeah. Ziggler deserves a serious run, and I think he should get it with this contract. If not, why are you resigning the guy? Let him go. You know, let him go and do what he needs to do. But I honestly think, you know, Vince... And everybody else in the back is scared by the things that guys like Cody Rhodes and yep. Chris Jericho are doing now where they're showing, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? Especially Cody Rhodes. Jamie. We can go and do this without you and still make... Imagine if Ziggler was a free agent in wrestling. Joke for him versus Mike Orlando in BCW? I'll <laughs> to say that. I don't, know if, if, I don't know if Anthony Cole and our sponsors <laughs> and our investors have that much money to afford Dolph Ziggler. It'd be a hell of a match. Yes. But imagine... Ziggler in Japan. Imagine Ziggler Omega. Imagine mm. Ziggler and Naito. Imagine Ziggler and a Cody Rhodes in a non-WWE stage. Where they can go or limited to stupid shit. Right. Yeah. Imagine Ziggler in, in the UK, in PWG, going against top, some of the top independent stars. We'd be hearing about five-star matches. Meltzer would lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that Ziggler's able to get his money. You know, they say it in NBA. They say it in Major League Baseball. They say it in NFL. Get your money. Yep. So I'm I'm happy for Ziggler, if only for the fact that the kid's going to get his money. You talked about the NFL just now, but now uh, WWE is reportedly interested in signing New England's Patriot tight end. Gronk. Rob what, what, who, Gronkowski. What? What? what no. You might have fell asleep? Sorry. Sorry, I fell asleep on that, uh, mostly because I, I hate the Patriots. Well, who, who, does, <laughs> who doesn't hate the Patriots? Patriots fucking suck. Ugh. They don't suck, but they're just assholes. Gronk um, suffered a concussion recently. One of his many he's um, been dealt with over the yes. last... During a short career, really. So the rumor now, he's debating whether or not to retire, although he is signed with the Pets until 2019. But the WWE wants to sign him to a similar deal offered to Ronda Rousey. I definitely see him taking that deal if he retires. You know what? Because <laughs> you still have great time he had at WrestleMania. This is his perfect environment for him. Someone like him. <sighs> see you scratching your head here. Do we need another Mojo Raleigh? No. Right, like, I don't know. Listen, there are a lot of professional wrestlers. Mojo Raleigh, Gronk, tag teams? Oh, Jesus. 
there are a lot of professional wrestlers who have made the transition from professional football very well too, yeah. to professional wrestling. One being Mike Orlando. He's done very well going from having played football as a, as a, as a, as a star in football to transitioning. The Rock, Roman Reigns, you know, Brock Lesnar played. JBL. Yeah, JBL. Goldberg. A lot of these guys played football. On. And we get it because there's, there's a level of fundamentals. There's a level of footwork. There's a level of all of these skills that you get playing professional football or collegiate football that you can transition to professional wrestling in terms of the sport. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. Do we really need Rob Gronkowski? And I'm going to go back to my other, my other argument. Get your money, kid. I don't care what kind of contract the WWE is going to offer him. He gets to play 16 games a year in football. Yeah. And he's getting paid $10 million. His contract for next season is $10 million. I don't think the WWE is offering him $10 million. They better not be. Okay. So if you're not getting $10 bucks, okay, go out there. I would say, honestly, run through your contract with the Patriots. Okay. Unless, of course... There is some kind of medical issue or some kind of issue where you feel like you cannot play football anymore for your health. If there's a health-related issue or you have concussion-related issues, you know, then don't do it. But I will say this. With the concerns about his health in the NFL and the way the WWE has treated someone like Daniel Bryan, Mm -hmm. I would almost feel like, you know, they're kind of playing both sides of the field here because... You won't let Daniel Bryan wrestle because of concussion-related issues, but how many issues with his back, with his arms, mm-hmm. with concussions that Rob Gronkowski has had in professional football, and if you let him wrestle, it's a bit hypocritical. I feel like Daniel Bryan's, there's a bunch of doctors that will clear him. It's yes. Only, it's only the E doctors. Only the work. WWE. And if the WWE doctors will clear Rob Gronkowski, um, mm. you see, and that's where you start to wonder where do the loyalties lie, right? Interesting, uh, or, yeah. You know, if there's, my question is, if there are a bunch of independent doctors who will clear Daniel Bryan, what are the WWE doctors testing that? So the question is here. I have 10 doctors who are clearing me, right? Yeah. They're doing tests A, B, and C. I got the WWE doctors who are not clearing me. Yeah. So my two questions are this. Either A, what test is the WWE doctor doing that these other independent doctors are not doing? Great question. Okay, which means they're missing something, which means they can get sued for some sort of malpractice because they're obviously giving me an incomplete diagnosis. Or, or vice versa, yes. is your test at the WWE biased and you are interpreting the information the way you want to interpret the information, thereby you're now stopping me from making the living that I want to make? On the WWE guy, WWE's be all end all, I think that's the more likely option. Here. Right. So, and, and I, I have the utmost faith in the people in the medical profession and I'm sure the WWE doctors do a great job and they follow every protocol they need to follow. Yep. And I and I believe when Triple H and Vince McMahon say that their first and foremost concern is the wrestler's health. Well, it has to be, yeah. I do believe them, okay? And I want to believe that it is 1,000% true. I don't think... There's a reason why the Dynamite Kid will probably never get into the WWE Hall of Fame because Vince McMahon does not want to have to wheel him out there in a wheelchair, <laughs> you know, and say... Bad PR. Hey, look at this guy. This happened because of wrestling. Well, a bunch of other things, but, you know, wrestling. That's not the the image WWE wants. Yeah. But I think, again, going back to Rob Gronkowski, if there are health-related issues that are stopping you from playing football, then maybe you shouldn't be in a wrestling ring either. That's a great point. And, And whose spot will he take? That's another question. Who loses their spot 
so you can sign Rob Gronkowski. I mean, who doesn't get pushed because you're pushing Rob Gronkowski because he's the new big sign? Hmm. Like, who's the girl that loses their spot because now Ronda Rousey's got to get the shine, right? Good point. And I hate to bring this one back up again, but the, the argument that CM Punk made about the part timers at WrestleMania: who yeah. loses their spot? That's a good point. Because you're getting the big money deal to show up, and I get it. They put butts in seats. They do. I get it. They do. But but who's losing their spot? Who's working 300 days a year to get that spot? And just because you're the big name nostalgia act, you get to come in and take that spot. Let's move on. Uh, thank you. Thank you for you're here for this because as BCW management. Uh, my girl, my girl, Faye Jackson is currently scheduled to go against current Shine Wrestling Champion and Jersey All Pro Wrestling Women's Champion, Lufisto. She now she has uh, cervical cancer, so wish her nothing but the best. She yes. Said surgery will take place. Recovery time is about two weeks. Yes. Have you? Do you know anything about this? Do you? Will it affect the card in any way? Uh, we found out, just like everybody else found out. I mean, this is obviously a very personal matter for Lufisto. Yeah, I mean, uh, very, God bless. You know, very personal issue. You know, in this age of social media. You know, for you to have the privacy. You know, she didn't have to bring this up in public, and she decided to. Uh, and it takes a lot of strength and a lot of uh, resilience to put that out there on social media, especially with the state of social media nowadays. You know, um, Lufisto has had an incredible career, and her match against Faye Jackson is going to be fantastic. Um, so it's still know. penciled in. Right now, it is still penciled in. Um, you know, we have not heard anything from Lufisto in terms of, you know, anything uh, affecting the BCW second anniversary show. But as a wrestling promoter, do you have a backup opponent? Like, it's just something you have to start thinking about, or do you wait till the last minute we get the definite no, then start thinking about it? Well, I know that, um, you know, Mr. Anthony Cole and the rest of the management team, you know, we, we've all sat down and said, hey, you know, what are our options just in case? Mm -hmm. But again, you know, right now, we can't even really think about that. Right now, the way that I know that uh, in, in the talks that the management committee has had uh, that I've been privy to, uh, the way that Mr. Anthony Cole is looking at it is we're going to give Lufisto every opportunity to obviously deal with whatever she has to deal with. And if she has to make that decision, we're not going to make that decision for her. But what if and when Lufisto informs us of, of us of anything, we will essentially get together and figure out what's next for Faye Jackson. Um, but as of right now, Lufisto, Faye Jackson still penciled in as one of the huge main events going wait. down on March the 9th. It's going to be one hell of a night. I'm going to put it to you right here. Scoop on a shot of wrestling. I know that Mr. Anthony Cole... And the management committee have had some very serious conversations about the women's championship, uh, yeah, I think hopefully in 2018 at some point. Yeah. So, Faye Jackson, I would say this. This match against Lufisto can go a very, very long way in determining mm. whether or not Faye Jackson will maintain her spot not only atop BCW, but as the number one ranked woman going into whatever happens for a BCW Women's Championship. You're here first. Anyway, let's move on real quick. Uh, Ronda Rousey, did you hear about this? The rumors are she's coming into the WWE to put over Stephanie McMahon as a mainstream WWE talent, much like Vince McMahon Stone Cold did. Yep. That's their plan. Heard about that. Um, Quickly, because we're running a little long here. As a person who's in management, how do you feel about this? Is it a good idea, bad idea? I, I have mixed reviews here because... Eh? I'm I'm a little on the fence with it as well, and here's why. I think it's a great idea because I understand that they want to recreate that, that magic that Vince McMahon had with Stone Cold, yep. and they want to make the management figure because Vinnie Mac is no longer going to be an on-air you know, figure. But this is something that I would have done 
10 years ago. 10 years ago, yep. With a Stephanie McMahon. I think Stephanie McMahon is at the tail end. I mean, Stephanie is not going to be an in-ring character like Vince was. No, but she even sort of has passed her prime as well. I mean, Right, and I think, you know, let Ronda really run with the girls that are there. If you want to insert Stephanie McMahon into that kind of storyline, that's fine. But it shouldn't be used to just elevate Stephanie because I don't think Stephanie's really someone who's going to be in the ring doing a lot of things and needs the elevation like a Vinnie Mac, you know. And and Stephanie doesn't really need elevation as a heel character either because she's already kind of established as a heel management character. Also, Ronda Rousey doesn't need that heel uh, heat either. Dark no, it's fucking Ronda Rousey. You mean right? I would I would rather see Ronda really I'd actually like to see Ronda work with Sonya Deville. Ooh, good one. You know, like you know those like-minded uh backgrounds. Okay, yeah. I'd like to see her work eventually, you know, with some of the other girls like Asuka and and Charlotte and things like that. But I also don't want her pushed into that prominence too fast. Last week we talked about the rumor was she's going to be a Paul Heyman girl. Um or someone I mean I could see it, but what? I mean, Heyman f- doesn't need to be with everybody. You know, to be honest with you, if you're gonna put any, if you're gonna put Heyman with someone, you put him with Anaya. You know, if you wanted to put him with somebody who doesn't really need him, but you wanted to put him with somebody like that, you could put him with Charlotte. Yeah, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need it, but that would be an interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine the daughter of the four horse of, of of the the daughter of the creator of the four horsemen is aligned with the man who once led the Dangerous Alliance. Mm. Interesting, you know. So, but I, I, I like Ronda coming in. I think it's going to be interesting. But I also want to see what I want to see how well she works in the ring. Because if there's one thing that I, I noticed, I think the weakest match of uh, NXT Takeover, the last one that we just had right before, uh, right Royal before Rumble. the Royal Rumble, in Philadelphia, yeah, in Philly, uh, the weakest match was the women's match. Really? And it's not, you know, I, I felt like, you know, she wasn't ready. Hmm. You know, for that. And I want to see whether or not Ronda is able to make that transition. Do you think it's easier to transition to pro wrestling or easier to transition to UFC? Um, If you you have that background. If you have a martial arts background, I would think it's easier to transition to UFC. Here's the thing. There's a certain level of... You need the charisma. You need to be able to entice the crowd. There's a reason why someone like Conor McGregor stands out in UFC. It's because he's a character. He excites and incites the crowd, right? He goes out, he does his press conferences, he goes into the ring, his flash is pizzazz. He's not typical for the UFC, okay? Yeah. Name, me, name me another UFC guy that's not one of the top guys that's not Conor McGregor. I can't. Right? You know, even in the, even me as a UFC fan, even in the early days, I knew Shamrock because he was great. Mm-hmm. I knew Severn because he was great. You know, you knew Chuck Liddell because he was a character. Yeah. He transcended the octagon, yeah. right? You know, you know John Bones Jones because he, besides his arrest record, he transcends oh, yeah. the octagon. But you don't know who's the number three contender in the bantamweight division. You don't know who the number three contender. Did you know Holly Holm before she beat Ronda Rousey? No. Did you know Amanda Nunes before she beat Ronda Rousey Can or Holly say- Holm? Nope. No. You don't know who a lot of these names are. And that's the thing. You don't need the charisma. You don't need the character in UFC and mixed martial arts or in martial arts to begin with. You need that in professional wrestling. Finally, in other news, it's official. The former GLOW champion and three-time WWF Women's Champion, Ivory, will be inducted to the Hall of Fame as part of the 2018 class. No surprise there. It's kind of rumor for a while now. However, Mike Johnson reports that multiple people within the WWE have informed him there's talks about inducting the former WWE Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion, former 
WCW World Heavyweight Champion and founder of Impact and Global Wrestling, my man, J-E-double-F, ha-ha, T Jeff Jarrett. Your thoughts? I'm a big Jeff Jarrett fan since day one. It's all about this. Big fan of Jeff Jarrett in the ring. Big fan of Jeff Jarrett, uh, you know, in his wrestling mind. I've met him a couple of times. He's, he's a nice person. You've met him once. It was nice. Um, but really wouldn't be entertained by it. I mean, I don't think there's a need for it right now. Uh, I think right now there's a lot of things that Jeff Jarrett has to deal with in his own personal life. We just entered WWE sponsored rehab, so maybe that started that might slowly build a bridge to coming uh, some sort of reconnect. I also think he should be given some time to kind of distance himself from the TNA oh. GFW stuff because they were still around. I don't know, mm-hmm. honestly, but that's the thing. You know, yeah, BCW should go What's ahead. his most prominent thing right now? It's that he was the former founder of TNA, former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, King of the Mountain, all this other stuff. And I also think there are a lot of other people who may deserve induction before him. Again, we also know that the WWE Hall of Fame is also based on who's in good graces with the company at the time. There's no no criteria. Right. But I do think there are... Kukubi wears in. That's also default for fans. Like, Kukubi wears in. Why not Jeff Jarrett? Done significant more than Kukubi wear ever did. Um, I have a question do you remember whose career in the WWE do you remember more? Jeff Jarrett. Were you around for Coco's? Yeah. Did you watch a lot of Coco? Uh, yeah, I watched him, Coco Beware, come out. All I remember, he was with the parrot. Frankie. And high, high energy with Owen Hart. I watched Coco with Coco Puffs. I would, I would eat Coco Puffs while watching Coco Beware. That's, that's dedication. Yeah. Um, but I still think there are a lot of people who can get into the WWE Hall of Fame before a Jeff Jarrett. Like well, I can tell you this much: the people that I would name are not on the shortlist for WWE anytime. Hard, even better. Give me three then. Demolition should be in oh, the Hall yeah, of Fame. Definitely. I mean, I don't care what anybody says about them being a Legion of Doom knockoff. They were what they were. They weren't. It was great. Um, I'd put Heyman in before Jeff Jarrett. Why would you not put Paul Heyman, even though he's still active? Because that's because he's still active. That's why. But, but I'd still put Heyman in. Yeah, they won't do it while he's active. His entire career, even while still active is more prominent than most other people. No, definitely, but he's still active. I don't think they'll put an active person in. Okay. Rob Van Dam. Eh, well said. I can argue that. Because they own ECW's footage. Yeah. You're telling me there's not a bunch of ECW guys you can't put into the WWE? You can't put Tommy Dreamer into the WWE Hall mm-hmm. of Fame? You can't put Rob Van Dam in? You can't put these, these prominent gentlemen, names in? It doesn't in? happen much, but uh, I've invested here. I've invested. When's China getting in? Man, when is China getting in? Would you put, would you put Chris Benoit in? That's the, that's the. Uh, I'm not touching that. Okay, that's good. Not touching that. Then, not touching it. That's what she said. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here. All right, my man. Guess goes first. What do you got for Raw? Well, in terms of my cheers mm-hmm. for Raw, I was very happy with what Nia Jax did oh, yes, in that definitely. women's match against Bailey and Sasha. I mean, listen, I'm all for watching Bailey and Sasha Banks battle. I saw some great battles great between match. them in NXT, yeah. um, and I and I really would love for them to recre- recreate that on the main roster. I really think Bailey does need a spark. But I like the build that they're giving us with Nia Jax. So I like the fact that she was, you know, showing her dominance and almost at the same time kind of saying like, hey, I'm not going to be the forgotten woman here on Raw. Good point. Keep going. 
<sighs> heels on Rob. Let's see. Uh, third yeah. hour. No. Yeah. Um, the consistent flubbing of Kurt Angle on his in-ring promos. Yeah, it's kind of sad, right? Like, I feel like... It's, I felt the same way when Bret Hart came back, but Bret Hart had a massive stroke. So that's your excuse? Right. Kurt Angle has no excuse. I also don't like the fact that I feel like Kurt, like intentionally bends his knees when he's in the ring so he looks shorter than everybody. Oh, I didn't know that. I keep an eye out. Like, okay. if you look at it, he looks hunched every time he comes into the ring, and I'm just like, why do you look like... I mean, unless there's something going on with his his knees I don't know about. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that was... Um, that's a big heel for me. I'm, I'm not liking the fact that he's coming out. It's like the third week in a row now where he's come out and he's flubbed some kind of in-ring promo. Third week? Third, a couple months. You know. But he's right, though. The fans should show some respect and... Not cheer an injury. Although, yeah, I mean, you know, but then again, I mean, it's not a storyline injury; it's a legit injury. No, it's a legit injury. Yeah, yes, we shouldn't cheer the fact that Jason Jordan yeah. is out with a legit injury. But I think they're they're cheering more the fact that the character of Jason Jordan not on TV anymore. is not on TV anymore. More than I think anybody's cheering the fact that he actually got hurt. I love the Royal Rumble because I love the the Royal Rumble by the numbers. Yeah, every year. I hate the fact that they do the same ones. 18 million different well, times. Yeah, they well, never change anything on the By the Numbers. However, I do cheers the fact that they had a Roy Rumble's By the Numbers-esque video for Oscar's Undefeated Streak. Yes, that was great. That was different. I liked it. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was entertaining. Uh, also, a cheer for Raw. Always a cheer. Okay. Is Charlie Caruso. Oh, thank you. Always a cheer. You know. New York girl, too. Yeah. Oh. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and more than once, I'm over Braun Strowman. I'm not. I'm over Braun Strowman. I don't like. I did He's jeer. Big, I did jeer the comedy that they did with him. Heel. Um. He, he was a big baby. He doesn't get what he wants. He gets a tantrum. He destroys the set and <laughs> injures the main event. The main event roster. Time. I got to do that at my job when I need a race. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna try that myself. But I liked the comedy bit between him and Elias. It showed a different uh, side of him, a little lighter side. Okay, this I could like. He plays a guitar. He's playing a bass. <laughs> it's different. I liked it. It was stupid. Uh, I'm getting tired of Elias. Really? I like him in the ring. I'm getting tired of the shtick. Because it's every single week. It's just a Braun Strowman, though. It's the same right? shit. Like, here's I'm the a monster. With, here's the thing with sense. Strowman. Here's the only thing I'm getting tired of with Strowman. The fact that he's as over as he is, but they're not really doing anything with him. There are two guys on the Raw main event scene that I felt have all, should have already taken the title off of Brock Lesnar. One should have been Samoa Joe Definitely. in that singles match between Joe and Lesnar. I felt Joe Definitely. should have won that match, and it would have still kept Lesnar looking good. Braun Strowman, in both of those multi-man matches, um, both of those multi-man matches that Strowman was in for the, for the title, I feel like Strowman should have won the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a plan. I'm sure there's some kind of payoff at the end, but I kind of feel like there's not. Braun Strowman is they're kind of just putting him out there to put put him out there, but they're not doing anything with him. I cheer Braun Strowman. I heal the way they're producing Braun Strowman. Let's go to SmackDown. I love SmackDown. Um, I missed the fist. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> you are the worst, buddy. Dolph Ziggler had a great feud with Robbie Roode. Talk about gimmicks and entrances and the character, pretty much. His music would hit, record would scratch, he comes off to silence. I'm healing that because it's kind of flipped now. He comes off to silence, all of a sudden his music hits in? Yeah, I, I'm not really little, understanding that. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, it makes a little bit no sense. I, I thought they would probably change that. Like, See, I don't know what direction they're going with Ziggler. Is Ziggler going to be the baby? Is Ziggler going to be the heel? If he's going to be the heel, then he has to come out to no music. If he's going to be the baby, just give him his music. We have respect, though. 
Um, so my cheers for SmackDown. Um, I am loving what they're doing with Bobby Roode in the U.S. Open Challenge. Okay. Uh, but my heel is in the same way. Do we really need more Randy Orton? I love Randy. I love his career. I love what he's done. But I'm getting sick and tired of seeing him in, quote unquote, you know, the big scenes. I think we do because Roman Reigns, not Roman Reigns, uh, Randy Orton has done nothing in the past couple months. Right. It's the one title that eluded him, turn him heel, which is much better. And uh, let him have some sort of title picture because who else in the title picture? I'd, I'd honestly like to see a much better. I'd like to see a much more fleshed out feud with with uh, Mahal and Rude. Well, I think that's where they're going with. I think I think Randy Orton's the bridge that connects the two, and then eventually it's going to be Rude and Rus- um, Mahal. You know, I'd like to see Rusev get some burn in this division. Well, that, that goes without question. You know. Um, you could even, if you're not going to use Fandango and Tyler Breeze as a tag team as much, I'd like to see Tyler Breeze get some burn. That's not, not going to happen. You know, I'd like to see Ty Dillinger get some real burn. That's not going to happen. You know, these are things that could really happen, you know, instead of if, what's if, happening if you, now. If you're in random names that are never going to happen, give me some Zack Ryder burns. Well, you know, yeah, Zack Ryder is busy trolling Mojo Raleigh on Twitter. Well, that um, feels over with. Stop doing that. You know, but here's, here's what, what my bigger heel for SmackDown. And I hate to say this. I've grown tired already. Of the main event feud with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan. And here's why. Not because of the players involved. I love Owens. I love Zayn. I love Styles. They're great. Right? But I feel like if you're not going to have any payoff with Daniel Bryan. Mm, Which you're not. Then get them out of this darn authority storyline where you're teasing this thing between AJ, I mean between uh, Daniel and Shane and AJ's kind of the pawn stuck between the two and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't going anywhere with this and what is this going to lead to? Another breakup angle between Zayn and Owens? No, it's going to lead to Shane McMahon versus one of them at Mania, if not both of them. Okay. And but Daniel Bryan still left floppy in the wind. Which to me leaves go go to Japan. Speaking speaking of flapping in the wind and things about Mania, why can't as the build up to Mania, why can't you have Nakamura go after the U.S. Championship while he waits for AJ Styles? What are you doing with Nakamura to Mania? Nothing. You know there there are there are guys that we could use. You know, um, and and they're not. And and this is where I honestly believe that two hundred five live should be a part of SmackDown and not a part of Raw because you can use those talents on. SmackDown. Well, thing there was rumors of that during the brand split and uh, not the brand split, the superstar shakeup. I like them on Raw better because they have more time on Raw. If they're on SmackDown, it takes away time from people. from who from the forty-five minute promo battle between Mahal, Orton, and Rude. It was like ten minutes. You won't you won't see people like Zack Ryder. You won't people like Breeze Dango. You we don't see Zack Ryder now. We don't see Breeze Dango now outside of pre-taped backstage segments. I mean. Okay, so you're okay. Rusev, Raw has an extra hour to fill. Give them the cruiserweights; they they have the time. Rusev, the Usos. Right now, you got Shelton and, and and Gable in this in this weird gimmick where they're like fighting the gimmicks. Yeah, you know. Um, I want more wrestling. I'm sorry, I want wrestling on my wrestling shows. Well, and I think that's, this that's is stupid, why that's a I think this is why NXT gets a lot of love mm-hmm. because it's very tightly produced. Very. And the wrestling is the focus. And I think this is also why people like the Cruiserweight Classic more than they like 205 Live. Because the wrestling was the focus. My God, we want wrestling on wrestling shows. Who would have thought? That's weird. You know? You're the weirdos. 
I get it. We, you know, we, we, we'll, it's a soap opera set in a wrestling setting. I guess that's what people say. But at the end of the day, my I was told for years and years and years that my wrestling should tell a story. So let my wrestling tell a story. True. I think it's good for uh, SmackDown. Yeah. I mean, I, I think SmackDown is usually the better show. But this this week, I would honestly say I was a little a little bored by SmackDown. Can't argue that. I yeah. will say this. Yeah. My one of my bigger uh, cheers on SmackDown. Uh, I'm actually liking. Well, it's growing stale as well. I love the women's match. The women's match I thought was really, really good. Charlotte Flair? Uh, with Charlotte okay. and um, I believe it was um, Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan. Yeah, I like Sarah Logan. A.K.A. Crazy Mary Dobson. Okay. Uh, the former Crazy Mary Dobson. Um, the hottest of the three. No, I am in. I, I love me some Heidi Lovelace, A.K.A. Ruby Riot. Yeah? Yeah, man. No way. Yeah. Butterface. No, man. Sarah, Sarah Logan's a full package. I am not going to go to war with Raymond Rowe. I don't, I don't know these names you talk about. The, the, the one half of War Machine? Oh, okay, yeah. Sure. I'm not fine. Not not the not the big one with the beard, the little one, the, the really really jacked that. one. I, I think I'm not fighting him, okay? I'm not doing it. He just Sarah Logan? Yes. Good for him. Believe I Good believe they're married. Ooh. I believe they're married. Um and 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 Liv Morgan, I believe was uh uh used to date uh Mr. He who must not be named. Chris Benoit? No, the other one, the new oh. one, the new, the new, the new Benoit. Uh, some ratings this week. This week's draw drew a three point one one million, which is up one point six percent from last week's three point zero six. Raw was number one in night for viewership this week. Also number one in the eighteen to forty nine demographic for the second week in a row. So Nothing Raw, else to watch on a Monday night. Nothing else to watch on. SmackDown this week drew a two point four four nine, which is down two point two from last week's two point five zero five. It came in number five for the night, falling behind the Cavs Thunder. Sean Hannity. Tucker Carlson and Retro Meadow. SmackDown was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind the NBA. This was the smallest audience behind uh, since October 17th, 2017. First SmackDown. I, unfortunately, I, I hate to say this. Uh, I, I actually usually DVR SmackDown mostly because I'm watching The Flash and Black Lightning. Yeah, I DVR too. I'm watching NCIS and the Christopher Garland. That's fine. You know, and so I feel like Mondays how, outside How is Black Lightning? I love it. I heard great things. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think this has been the year of black excellence. We have Black Lightning on the CW and Black yes. Panther, which came out yesterday, which was fantastic. You saw that, right? Oh, my God. If you if you have not seen Black uh, Black Panther by the time this show comes out, you are living under a rock. It is fantastic, and I will not spoil anything. It is a fantastic movie. Um, but I will say this. There's nothing else to watch on a Monday night. Nothing. Un- unless it's football season. Yeah. There's nothing to watch on a Monday night, um, so Monday Night Raw should do well. Yeah, Tuesdays true. has a little bit more variety. I mean, on Monday nights, the really only other thing I would watch is Supergirl. I, I prefer SmackDown over Raw most weeks, but SmackDown usually has more competition for me on television. Well, so this is our second anniversary. Shout out to been here for two years. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. Once again, thank you. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Here's to another two years plus but, like I said, this is the road to BCW's second anniversary, March 9th, at the world-famous Elks Lodge. Let's get into the car. Let's get your uh, breakdown of the car. BCW management, the voice of BCW. <laughs> I'm just I'm just one man on, on the management committee, but it's uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, second anniversary, man. I mean, we're going to go into year three. I remember when we first started, and... We were sit back there and we were like, wow, we're, we're getting on this journey. We're going to do some great things. And uh, there are a lot of names that are still with us. There are a lot of names that are no longer with us. Um, but it's been an incredible first two years. And, you know, there's a lot to look forward to as BCW turns three. 
Let's, uh, let's get into the fucking card, though. Yeah. South Philly's Finest versus the Ugly Ducklings. Listen, Ugly Ducklings were not around for the first anniversary. They came along a little bit later. They have established themselves very quickly as a very prominent tag team in BCW. But South Philly's Finest is looking to ride that Philadelphia luck, baby. Yep. Rocky, the Eagles, and South Philly's Finest. They're looking to take it, and they're looking to take down the Ugly Ducklings, who have been undefeated since their debut. They lost Ooh. their debut match against the Super Savages, but they have beaten every opponent that has been put in front of them, and they are looking to show out at the anniversary against South Philly's Finest. Uh, Tara Calloway versus Allie Rex. You know, there's one thing that uh, BCW has been really, really good at is building a great women's division, and Allie Rex debuted uh, a couple months back and has really been on fire. Uh, the only female member of Federated. And we'll be facing the debuting Tara Calloway. This uh, is a woman who is a mixture of style, size, and speed, and strength. The queen of dinosaurs. And if we know anything about how dinosaurs roll, it's going to be a very Jurassic night well on the anniversary. Well, we actually cut up with Tara Calloway, and let's get her thoughts on this match. Little Miss Allie T-Rex, as the fans are trying to like name her, which is real cute because there are no other dinosaurs. I am one of a kind. She can continue to pretend to be all about that, but I see right through her. I'm preparing by watching her matches and getting every single weakness that I can find. And you can bet that every single weakness will be exploited in that match when I destroy the pretender to the dinosaur era. Strong words from Tara Calloway, though. There's a woman who has is very unmatched in terms of her strength in the ring, and so there's going to be a, a considerable disadvantage that Ali Rex is going to be at. Teddy Hart is going against a shot of wrestling's own Eric Jaden. You know, it's it's very interesting. Uh, Teddy Hart was supposed to be with us a couple shows ago, and obviously had some personal issues that he needed to deal with. And uh, Teddy Hart has been waiting to come back to BCW, and Eric Jaden said, "You know what?" I'll take Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart considers himself the past, the present, and the future yep. of independent wrestling. But Eric Jaden has said that he is on a whole nother plane. This is a man who evolved from the definition of authority and sexiness to the sexy saying. It is going to be probably the biggest match Eric Jaden is going to have had at BCW at the last anniversary. Mm -hmm. He faced off against Rhett Titus, Ring of Honor's own. Now he faces Teddy Hart. This is going to be a big test for Jaden. Does he have the power levels to defeat the past present, and future. Mick Drake and a mystery partner will go against the Bison and Ricky Martinez. This is a very interesting matchup because this is this is not so much just a matchup between the, the, the men that are in the ring, but also the men on the outside. AJ Pan, my commentary partner, but also the leader of the Pancor agency, Pancorp agency, I should say. And Mr. Martinez, the brand representative for Federated, have gone back and forth talking about who has the bigger Rolodex, who knows more people, who has more people on their side. We have seen names drop in and out with the PCA. But really with Federated, we have Ali Rex, you have Mike Orlando, you have Mick Drake. And Mike Orlando's ready to match at anniversary. Yep. So will Mick Drake even have a partner come March 9th, or will Mr. Martinez subject Mick to a two-on-one handicap match that night. Gotta be there to find out. My man, Absolute Alvin, faces Ace Andrews in a last 
man standing match. This has been boiling over for months. Their first match between these two men ended with uh, both men getting busted wide open and in a completely unexpected turn of events. Uh, second match, you know, still a lot of issues with that match as well. And so now we go into this third match, this last man standing match where is Ace Andrews going to have what it takes to defeat Alvin Alvarez or will Alvin keep Ace down for the 10 count? Ace wants to be the ace that runs the place. To do that, he's going to have to beat Alvin Alvin. Darius Carter goes against Jackson Stone. <laughs> Listen, Darius is not very happy about this match. Well, speaking of that, we got his comments. Maybe you want to bounce them off of. Darius oh Carter has a comments for you. Oh, God. Let's talk a little bit about BCW anniversary. A lot of the fans are really starting to get behind Darius Carter and asking, when does he get into the title picture? So what are you doing to make that happen? I mean, the same thing I've been doing the entire time to make that happen. Uh, victory after victory after victory, triumph after triumph, bringing eyes to the product. When you think of BCW, when you think of who's truly, essentially, synonymous with B BCW. I mean, you have to say Darius Carter because I'm the reason, in all due respect, that BCW is still standing. There have been many, many, many individuals that have come and gone at BCW. It's been like a, like a revolving door in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And I am a pillar of, P of BCW, and I'm the only one that has not received the BCW World Championship opportunity. Now, why um, is that, though? What's holding you back? What's holding me back, well, let's look at what's going on in BCW. You have too many chefs in the kitchen. That's what it is. You have too many people in the office that are making the decisions. You need seven signatures to sign off on something, and, and, it's, and people aren't even reading the fine print. That's what the issue is. You have Pete Rosado, who's been at the forefront. Uh, now he's trying to pretend like he's, uh, you know, stepping back a little bit. No, he's not. He's, he's, his mouth is as, as loud as it's ever been. He's as boisterous as he's ever been. The same night that I made it clear that I want a championship match, he's going to go and make a triple threat match with Gacy, who I guess is the champion, Mike Orlando, and Azriel. You're going to go ahead and make a triple threat match. The same night that I made it very clear that I want and deserve the championship opportunity. That is a direct slap in the face. You don't have to physically do it to do it. And that's what that was. Well, now looking into anniversary, it sounds like you have another obstacle ahead of you. Jackson Stone. What do you think about that? That's a maneuver I expected. I'm not going to say that I expected Jackson Stone in particular. I've heard about Jackson Stone. I heard about the WWE Performance Center. I know quite a few people that uh, have made their way to the Performance Center uh, this year already, and all the power to those individuals. But Jackson is coming to BCW now. He's coming to a territory of mine. He's not familiar with how things run around there. He isn't familiar with the BCW crowd. He's not familiar with the really the rules of engagement with BCW. Uh, if you want the best, you know to come for me. You know that I'm the individual. And BCW can uh, use this Jackson as their latest weapon you know, their latest weapon against Darius Carter to keep me away from the championship. That's what this is. I'm being put in these matches to distract me from getting the championship opportunity. You know, it's like, oh, let's appease you with a Jackson Stone. You know, let's give you somebody that has some momentum. You know, how can Carter complain if we give him that? Well, because Jackson Stone isn't the champion. Jackson Stone is not the BCW world champion. Hmm. That, is a that is a legitimate world title. For me to have to face Jackson Stone 
instead of getting a championship opportunity, all you're doing is putting Jackson in harm's way. Because every person that you shoot at me, every person that you put in my face that isn't the champion is going to experience uh, an excruciatingly painful experience. So the issue is BCW management. Is is there beef between you and Pete Rosado? Or because you guys have gotten pretty physical in the past. Where does it stem from? It stems from, from, from jealousy. That's what it really stems from. I think Pete Rosado, if he could be a professional wrestler, if he could be somebody, it would be Darius Carter. And I think it's very difficult for him to admit that or to say that. But I think that's what it is. And I think it bothers him that to see me as successful as I am, instead of him being uh, sycophantic and instead of him uh, showering me with support, uh, instead I think it's, it's, a, it's a jealousy situation. This is honestly a question that you should also ask Pete. You should get Pete on here and say, Pete, what's your problem with Darius Carter? Uh, because Pete will then, whatever Pete doesn't say, is the actual reason. That's the type of guy he is. He'll just talk, but he's not giving you the actual definition, the actual answer. That's why I have to take things into my own hands. Uh, you heard it here, Pete. So what's your problem with Darius Carter? I have no problem with Darius Carter. Mike, I have shot straight with you this entire night. Appreciate it, yeah. You know, we, we, we spoke off, off microphone, off camera, and, and everything that I told you then, I'm telling you now, right? I have no problem with Darius Carter. I believe Darius Carter is one of the best professional wrestlers in the scene right now. Right. And there is only one person whose signature is needed on anything to happen at BCW, and that is not Pete Rosado's signature. It is Anthony Cole's signature. I am beholden to the boss of this company, and that is Anthony Cole, the same way that Triple H is beholden to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And at the end of the day, Triple H may have some leeway in the things that he wants to get done, and he can get his ideas to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but if Vincent Kennedy McMahon says, this is not what I want to do, and this is not how I want to do things, it's not going to get done, right? And so at the end of the day, I essentially... I'm a man in that position. Yes, we have a couple of people who are on the management committee, but at the end of the day, we all report to Anthony Cole. Anthony Cole is the one who made the BCW Triple Threat Championship match. He is the man who made the BCW Championship match between Joe Gacy and Mike Orlando at Dangerous Intentions. He wanted it to be a straight-up, fair, one-on-one heavyweight championship match. Azriel decided that he didn't want to wait until anniversary to get... His match, he defeated McDrake earlier the night for Dangerous Intentions. Yep. That guaranteed him a one-on-one shot for the heavyweight championship at anniversary. Okay, Which, I don't know about you, but math states one-on-one shot versus the triple threat shot, you'd have a better odds one-on-one. That's correct. Azriel inserted himself into the main event, Okay, and Anthony Cole had said it very plainly. He was sick and tired of the discombobulation and the confusion at the top. And so I received a missive from Anthony Cole, and he said, very simply, we are making a triple threat match. It'll be Azriel, Mike Orlando, and the champion Joe Gacy at anniversary. The man who walks out the champion walks out the champion. The other two men who do not walk out champion will not find themselves in a BCW title match for a while. Back of the line. Right? Yes. Going way to the back of the line. Okay? Now, does Darius Carter, on his win-loss record, on his ability, deserve a title shot? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he doesn't. Okay. I don't think Anthony Cole is going to sit here and tell you that he doesn't. So? But... What Anthony Cole does not like, and I can speak for Mr. Anthony Cole on this regard, what Mr. Anthony Cole does not like is Mr. Darius Carter thinking he can tell Mr. Anthony Cole what he should be doing. 
right? I don't think Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon likes being told what he should be doing with his company. I don't think you like to be told what you should be doing with your company and your podcast and things like that. So Mr. Anthony Cole feels the same way. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, management has the management committee has sat down at tables and said, well, what about Darius Carter taking on for the World Heavyweight Championship? And Anthony Cole will sit there and be like, you know what? I like the idea. Let's give Darius a week. Let's see if he says anything crazy. And sure enough, Darius Carter shoots himself in the foot and will go on social media and will say something that infuriates Mr. Anthony Cole and makes it feel like if Darius Carter is trying to demand things. Yes, okay, I noticed that. And that is where his major fault has lied. Okay, I believe if Darius Carter would just say, you know what? I'm done criticizing BCW management. I'm done criticizing Mr. Anthony Cole. I'm done criticizing his company. I'm sure Darius Carter would find himself in a BCW World Heavyweight title match in, in, in quick fashion because he has the win-loss record that he has and because he's the talent that he is. Until then, I think he's going to find... And he's trying to, you know, ram a very small hammer against a very large brick wall. Interesting. Find out on March 9th. Uh, my girl Faye Jackson talked about this earlier. will go against, hopefully, Lufisto. Are you still loving her even with this new attitude she's got? You know, like I, said, I love her even more. Really now? You like yeah. yourself a bad girl, Mr. Mr. Uh, Putty, huh? Love me something Faye Jackson, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, that's going to be a huge test for Faye. Huge. Um, you know, Lufisto is a revered member of the women's wrestling community, has won championships all around the world, and, you know, steps into BCW, and, you know, Faye, you know, has not faced, and I don't think many women in this business have faced a woman like Lufisto. I don't, they, you know, there, there's, there's not a lot of talent out there that you could say is like someone. Sure. And I don't think there's any woman out there that is like Lufisto. Lufisto is one of a kind. And so Faye, you know, she's going to have to dig deep into her bag of tricks. But this new attitude of hers, you know, I don't know if it's really going Love to, uh, I don't know if it's going to phase Lufisto. Coda mm. goes against Greek God Papadon. This is an interesting matchup here. You know, honestly, uh, the Greek God Papadon actually, uh, from what I was told, uh, I actually got a, a text message from uh, Mr. Anthony Colt one day and he said, uh, hey, listen, we're going to do Coda versus Papadon. I said, what? He said, yeah, so Papa Don gave him a call and, uh, you know, asked, uh, hey, listen, you know, you got this kid, I, I'd really like to, really like to, you know, take him for a spin, you know. And, you know, this is going to be a huge match for Coda because Papa Don has a resume that reads on for miles. Yep. Okay. And this is a man who doesn't think he's anywhere near the end of his rope. I mean, Papa Don's been around for a very, very long time, but he doesn't think he's anywhere near the end. And Coda, you know, was kind of reinventing himself. So this is going to be a huge hurdle for Coda, but it could also be a huge hurdle for Papadon in whether or not 2018 will be his year, which is interesting. Darius Carter says 2018 will be his year in BCW. Yep. Papadon says 2018 will be his year in BCW. You know, it can't be everyone's year. No, uh, but Green Man sat down with Coda and caught his reaction. Now looking into anniversary, you have a big match ahead of you, so fill us in a little bit about that. Basically, uh... I asked for this match. I need a rematch because the, at the at two shows ago at NYWC, I wrestled Papa Don. It was a great match. It was going well. You know, I was going for my finish. I had him on my shoulders. He wants to decide to rake my eyes, push me to the ref. I caught myself, actually. As I turned around, he wanted to give me a low blow at a cross face. Made me tap out. To add insult to injury, that son of a... Ugh. 
flat and shoulder injury. He wants to keep me in the cross face for three for three to five minutes. Wow. So, what do you so think you know that's what? about? I, what is it? I know he has a fear of losing that. I do know. So you pretty you much know? had him locked down. Is there anything you're going to change in your arsenal going into BCW anniversary show? Like I, like I told you before over our personal conversation over the phone, I'm in Briscoe, Connecticut. I'm okay. in New England. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm training hard out here. This is my private compound. I'm training hard. I'm eating my vitamins. You know, I'm on the treadmill every day. Mm-hmm. I'm working out. You know, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to March 9th. What's going to be different is I'm not going to give him no slack. Because last time I turned around, the beginning of the match, I turned around. What did you do? Boom, clobbers me. But you know what? I got something for you. And everyone knows me as a gimmick, happy-go-lucky. But this time, it's a little personal. And if he wants a little to get a little more personal, let's get it. But Papadon, I am not afraid of you. You're, you say you're a god. But to me, you're just a man. As I heard, you know, Coda wants this match. Papadon wants this match. They both have their reasons for it. I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup, clash of styles. But uh, I, I heard a rumor. You know, the, the compound of Coda's. Yeah. I heard he found the hidden buried stash of Isopro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Hopefully it works out for him. Yeah. And finally, in your main event, Joe Gacy defends the BCW championship against my man Mike Orlando and Azrael. Well, one of our main events, there will be multiple main events that night, but yes, the World Heavyweight Championship match will be a triple threat match. And as we said earlier, Mr. Putty, you know, two of these men will make it to the back of the line. Okay. Go back to the back of the line. Mike Orlando was the first BCW World Heavyweight Champion. He faced Azriel in that finals to become the first BCW World Heavyweight Champion. So both of these men have not only held gold, but been very, very close to gold. Azriel is the ECWA World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, okay. You know, holding big red. You know, so, you know, this man wants to add gold to his collection. And Joe Gacy, you know, this has been a whirlwind ride for Gacy. Okay, this is a man who, you know, kind of disappeared from BCW for a little while, came back to answer this open challenge from Mike Orlando, and out of nowhere, defeats Mike Orlando, and, you know, becomes, well, pins Asriel, I should say. He didn't pin Mike Orlando, but defeats Mike Orlando and ended up being an impromptu triple threat to win the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, So now these three men are going to start in the ring together. One of these men will walk out champion. Two of these men will go to the back of the line, but I can tell you this much. On March 10th, it'll be a brand new day for BCW. Mm-hmm. Either Joe Gacy, Mike Orlando, or Azriel will be champion. And then we're going to move forward from here. And, you know, we can only wonder who will be the next challenger for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. March 9th, BCW's second anniversary will emanate from Elks Lodge. And we, at a shot of wrestling, will be the official podcast of BCW. We'll be there covering it for you live. I always love it when you guys are there, man. I mean, listen, let me give you a scoop. Uh, you, know, you may have seen it on our social media, and if you're not following our social media, you are missing out on all the big announcements on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, BCW Wrestling, uh, Bree Combination Wrestling on Facebook. Um, but April 13th will be the first show after the anniversary. Ew. Friday, April 13th, will be the third installment of Friday the 13th. Oof. For BCW, and I can confirm this. Here we go. Not only would the new champion, whether it be Joe Gacy, Michael Landor, or Azriel, be in action that night, there will also be a monster match that night. Once Ooh. again, the monster match making its return. Michael Lando won the first monster match. Okay. And the second monster match was won by Dan Moff. So who will be in the third one and who will come out victorious? And lastly, 
We've already signed one big name for April 13th. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, making his BCW debut Breaking will be news. Brutal Bob Evans. Ooh. Good pickup. Coming in on April 13th wow. to BCW. Looking past the second anniversary already, talking about April. Oh, yeah, man. There's Can't a wait. lot of things in the work for BCW coming into year three. Year three's first show will be covered by your boys here at A Shadow Wrestling as we are the official podcast of BCW. Well, that's BCW. Before we get to the second anniversary show on March 9th, we have the Elimination Chamber on February 25th. And for the first time, A Shot of Wrestling will be hosting its very own viewing party. We'll be having $4 specialty shots, $7 Bud and Bud Light pictures. It is free to get in. There is absolutely no cover charge. So if you want to watch Elimination Chamber with Fellow rowdy wrestling fans, if you want to see how people will react when Roman Reigns stamps his ticket to WrestleMania, come on down to our viewing party, The Crown Room on Bell Boulevard, 3917 Bell Boulevard here in Bayside, Queens. We will also do it on Sunday night, February 25th. Plus, it's my birthday. Come down, buy me a drink. Get pretty fucked up. So that's the breaking news. Please come out to The Crown Room on February 25th. Make sure you're there on March 9th for BCW's anniversary show. And uh, Pete, thanks for being here. Hope you had a good time. I I had a great time. I you know, this is the second two for two with Shadow Wrestling. That's right. You know, and uh, listen, Putty, Green Man. I heard uh, he's stepping away a little bit. He's doing some other business things and doing? stuff. So, Putty, you need somebody. You call me. I will be here at Omega Studios anytime I you want. Your number now, yeah. Me and you. I I think I think we could take this show places. You know, whole new world. That's a different different story for a different day. There we go. Let's wrap this up. Let's go downstairs to the bar. Let's do we'll it. Have further conversations. But until then, for Pete Rosado, for Green Man, for Jackson Stone, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty, yeah. All right, Michael J. Putty, we have made it to my favorite part of the episode, and I hope you have room for just one more round because it's last call with Jackson Stone. So this is how we do it, buddy. It's rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. And away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Water. How much do you tip for a lap dance? 100 bucks. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Baseball. What is your go-to karaoke song? Hey there, Delilah. Are you an ass man or a tits man? Tits. What habit that people have annoys you the most? Loud breathing and being late. What do you eat on your cheat day? Waffles, pancakes, and donuts. Mm. And finally, who is your celebrity crush? The Rock. <laughs> nice. That was the last call, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the next episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>